Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I'm fired up to interview our special guest today, Andy Salee. Andy is a real estate investor with over $145 million in assets in his portfolio. He has built an extensive portfolio in commercial real estate and credits much of his success to the extensive network of mentors, coaches, and masterminds that he has developed over the past two decades in business. He's built several different businesses before going into real estate, investing full-time, most notably a roofing and siding company that did multiple millions of dollars in annual revenue. Now he's focused on continuing to grow his real estate portfolio and also giving back to his community. He has also started a nonprofit called Andy's Kids, where his mission is to provide food and other items to the homeless in his local community by partnering with other nonprofits. Andy, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Very nice. Thank you. Absolutely. It's our pleasure to have you on here to get to share a little bit of your experience, your life experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, the challenges, and some of the lessons learned along the way. There's always good, bad, and ugly, and it's always bumpy towards the room to the top. (laughs) Absolutely. I've given our audience just a, a brief intro, but could you start by you just maybe expanding upon that and giving a little more overview of kind of your backstory and how you got to where you are today? Sure. And I'll try to not go too long on that information because I honestly always say this, but my story is pretty slow and boring and it's not sexy in any way. I grew up extremely poor. I grew up in a poverty mindset. My dad was a pastor, but he believed you couldn't get into heaven if you had any wealth. And, you know, my parents would be okay with this, but they just believed that, right? They just didn't believe you could get into heaven. It was that camel and eye of the needle thing. So we moved from trailer park to trailer park and trailer park. So at a young age, I don't know why, but I just wanted more, right? I went to four high schools and six junior highs and nine grade schools. So we moved so much. I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to have significance or hang with the cool kids, right? So I actually started my career at about nine years old selling, don't laugh, but rocks door to door from a train tracks. I went and sold rocks and I made enough money that I could buy Reebok tennis shoes. So it started with Reebok tennis shoes that I mainly remember and don't laugh, but guess jeans. That was a big deal because I just wanted to fit in. So then I got paper routes and I had a lot of jobs. I bought my first car at 14 and a half, got somebody to co-sign a loan and I just wanted more. So I started working and in detasseling and farms and Small town America. I grew up in Alito, Illinois, and the Quad City area is a small area. And then I just wanted more. So I graduated high school in 94. I started working at a home improvement company that sold siding windows and doors as a telemarketer, making four or five dollars an hour. And then I ran the phone room and I begged for like two years. And then by the age of 20, I got into sales. Now they wouldn't give me leads or appointments, but I got the opportunity to go knock doors in small towns and sell windows, siding, and doors door to door. I started in high school. In high school, I made $500 a week, which was all the money in the world back then, selling Kirby vacuums. So then I get in sales. At the age of 20, I make $102,000 in income. Now, 26 years ago, that was a lot of money. To me, that was all money in the world. So what did I do? I went out and bought a $200,000 house. 
five bedroom, two bath, pool, jacuzzi. I bought the brand new Jeep Cherokee, a brand new Corvette, a Wave Runner, and a Rolex, and I'm 20. Now, I didn't know who that IRS guy was, so I didn't pay him because I was a 1099. So I made 102. I thought I could spend it all. I was diving into what we call the rat race, where I had to keep earning to make money. So from 20 to 24, my income went from 100,000 to about 250,000. But then that IRS guy called and I had some cash, but I had to re-leverage some assets to pay the IRS six figures. So at 24, I had to grow up a little bit. I still had all the toys, but it forced me to go from 100,000 to a quarter of a million in income 20 plus years ago. So then I get grow up time when the IRS takes all of my cash out of my account. And long story short, then at the age of 27, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it just resonated with me. And now Sharon Lecter is a dear friend. But anyway, it just resonated. Like, how much money do I make while I sleep? Well, I don't make anything. I was a sales guy at that time making about 300000 a year. I didn't make anything if I slept all year. So actually, my boss at that company gave me a Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And on the inside, he wrote, don't end up like me making a lot of money. I've made millions and millions and millions of dollars but I have nothing to show for it. And every month I started zero. And I was like, well, I don't like that. I don't want that. That doesn't sound fun. And he was like in his 60s and he died and passed with no wealth. So I immediately went out, bought a duplex, a fourplex, a sixplex, a eightplex, you know, put the 20% down back then. And I quit my job. And I went from working about 35 hours a week and traveling six weeks a year and I made 200 skydives a year. I played 50 rounds of golf a year to starting my own home improvement company at the 27-year-old range. And I went from making 300 grand a year to selling the Corvette, selling the Wave Runner, selling the motorcycles, selling all my toys, taking the money I had at Smith Barney saved up and starting my own home improvement company called Tri-State. And long story short, I went from working like a real freedom lifestyle to literally working 80 hours a week. I was the janitor. I was the accountant. I was the sales guy, right. the construction manager, the on-site man. It was a lot. 30 hours a week, 80, 100 hours a week, making 300 grand, making zero grand. So I learned real fast. I had to grow up. So I had no income coming in. Everything was going out. You're spending everything to build the business, right? The very first year was 2003. We did $1.3 million. And still, I didn't make a profit. It all went back in, right? So I went a little bit more into the real estate, but I never ever went into real estate full time. I dabbled in it. I played in it. I never burnt the boats. I bought a building here or there, you know, not full time. And I only did apartments. So the long and short of the real estate career was when I had my businesses, I owned a house flipping business, a roofing company. I had a radon company. I owned a fun world where we had go-karts and gumball machines and trampolines and miniature golf parks. I had like nine different businesses, maybe doing 10 to $15 million a year all total. And I was dabbling in everything, right? Looking back, those were wrong decisions. You know, Dean Graziosi is my close friend, mentor, coach, life enthusiast, right? And he said, you have a bookshelf and you only have so much room on that bookshelf, right? And I just kept filling it up. I never made a million dollars a year until I was 32. And 32 years old, I hit the million dollar mark in income. But what do you do when you have that, right? 
hey, you want to invest in this? You want to do that? You want to open a bar? You want to open a gym? Yes. I said yes to everything. So I never kind of got out of Egypt and got to the promised land until I learned to say no. I had to clear off that bookshelf. And a lot of it was getting into strategic coach with Chad Johnson 13 years ago. You learn to focus a little bit. Right. So back then I was 33 and I completely retired at 39. I shut everything down at 39. And from 39 to 43, I didn't work. So my friends told me, hey, Andy, you have an eight-figure net worth. You have a seven-figure passive income. Relax. Go lay on the beach for a few years or forever. Because we were taught to be lazy and fat and no offense, drink beer and, and hang out with our friends and order bottle service. And long story short, I did that for about four years. I lived at the Fountain Blue in Miami. It was the worst, most miserable time. And I know people are going to think I'm crazy for saying that, brother, but it was horrible. I didn't read. I didn't study. I didn't give. I didn't donate money. I didn't read a book or two a week. I wasn't doing podcast or just being the best you or the best shape, you know? So then when I retired, I sold or closed the businesses. I had my portfolio at that time was about a $40 million portfolio. And I had it leveraged at about 50%. So I had passive income. I had a good life, right? But it was miserable. It wasn't, I think, what God put me on the earth to do. So at 43 years old, I went back into conferences. I was like, I can't just lay on a beach and, you know, travel the world. Like right now, if you told me, I want you to go lay on a beach and do no business in Hawaii for two weeks, I would think you're nuts. I could not do it for four years again. I would think you're crazy. I would have to read a book a day, I think. I don't know, but we're just built differently. But everybody told me, you made it, relax. You have eight figures, you have seven figures, you had seven figures in the bank, chill. But they couldn't have been more wrong. And what I also found is you give more, God gives more, but I felt like I needed to do more. So long story short, I hired a fantastic CFO because I said, now I'm going to go all in. I went to a Grant Cardone conference. I went to a Tony Robbins conference. Since then, I've done masterminds with Strategic Coach. In 2021, I did 14 masterminds. I spent approximately $200,000 on personal education. In 2022, I went to about the same, about 12 to 14 masterminds. And I spent about 300,000 in education. I'm going all in now. In 2023, I plan on doing more. And my answer is always more. So I built my portfolio from that $40 million, which took me 17 years to accumulate. 40 million took 17 years to accumulate. I added $100 million in just over two years by just creatively thinking different, but also a mindset. You know, I've done every facet of real estate. They all say diversification, diversification. I don't believe that and I don't do that. I do real estate, but my diversification is I flipped homes. I flipped 1,000 houses in four years. That was a lot of work. That was a 60-hour work week. I had 942 apartments. So when I retired, I got out of the flipping. I sold all the apartments and I 1031 exchanged those, a tax-deferred exchange, into commercial assets because I wanted to be able to have the freedom, but I wanted to have the higher quality tenant. But also, I wanted to set up my life that if I wanted to go to Fiji, Fiji's always been a dream place to go. Part of that is because of Tony Robbins, but or live in Hawaii is my favorite place in the world. 
to go live there for a year and my net worth to increase massively, my income to go up and I lay on a beach for a year. And with commercial real estate, I can do that. It's all professionally managed. My tenants are like Hy-Vee's, FedEx. I have a lot of Buffalo Wild Wings, Walgreens, Five Guys, whatever it may be. I have a lot of different styles of commercial tenants, but my favorite is probably the medical industry. The medical has been fantastic for me. I wouldn't say anything is recession proof, but the best thing about my portfolio is I have retail, I have offices. I also do have some car washes. I have a couple of hundred apartments. I have industrial, I have farm ground. That's my diversification. I don't do stocks. I don't do bonds. I don't do startups. I don't do tech companies. I don't do Bitcoin. I do real estate. The diversification I do is the different types of classes of commercial. So that's kind of my long and short of my story. I love it, Andy. You've covered so much good stuff here. I, I don't even know where to begin. I think I want to start, though, with the Reeboks and the guest jeans, if that's okay. Okay. So you graduated in 94. I graduated from high school in 90. So we're four years we're close, apart. close, man. I love but, it. But I know the Reeboks and the guest jeans, I guess, is I where I'm going. When I tell younger them. people, they're like, what are you talking about? Exactly. But I love your story. And I love that you started at nine years old. Selling rocks door to door. My brother would help me pick up the rocks. I'd go knock doors and sell them for like five bucks. I needed 10 people to just say yes for $5 is about amount of people. I got my Reebok shoes. And at one point I had three pair. So talk about perceived value. I mean, I think I heard you say there were rocks you collected from the railroad tracks. Yeah, because you could go and pick the coolest ones, you know, dude. If a young kid says he wants something, I can teach you how to make money. I love it. I love it. Selling railroad track rocks for five bucks a piece door to door. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that at nine years old. And so that's how you got your start in sales and entrepreneurship. Yeah. But I think if I heard you right, I may get the numbers a little off, but I find it very interesting that you spent 17 years building a portfolio of about 40 million and two or three years, you said, to take it to another 100,000? So yeah, the honest truth. I mean, I hate to admit that, but yeah, it took me 17 years to build a portfolio of a 40, $42 million in assets, total assets. And in about 26 months, I added $105 million to that. Wow. Well, I'd love to know what you attribute it to, but I know I heard clearly you were focused. You were focused on one thing, right? You nailed it on the head. You know what I didn't do? I didn't say yes to anything in the last two and a half years, unless it was commercial real estate. There was only one answer that got a yes out of me. That was a mastermind, a networking event, a book, a podcast, a coach, a mentor, or a commercial deal. And I've looked at thousands, but the biggest thing was focus and just drive to get where I knew I wanted to be. But I had to learn to say no, because in those earning years, I could have got to where I'm at in a third of the time. Right. You know, I was taught work really hard. You need 60 hours a week. You need to be tied to a desk, you know, every day for eight, nine hours a day. And you need to save up. My first home that I told you I bought for $200,000, I did a 10-year mortgage on that. Now, I don't know how that bank loaned me money when I was 20. I remember it was 12% interest and I did a 10-year mortgage. I paid it off by, by I was 27, 28 when I started the company. It was paid for I thought you pay everything in cash and you save up and you work 80 hours a week and someday you'll lay on the beach. I was a little wrong, but the focus was the big thing because you got to learn to say no 
to really get out of Egypt and get to the promised land, I feel. I love it. Such great advice. We have a lot in common. I'm very much heavily invested into real estate. I also flipped homes. I flipped a thousand homes, but I didn't do it. Would you say in four years you flipped a thousand? Four years. Yeah, it took us five or six, I think, to flip a thousand homes. That's doing some moving. Well, we did it a little bit different. We sold homes to investors, a lot out of California and a lot of out of Phoenix. And the big thing too, the big switch for me is just to be honest, Alan, I didn't realize how much that the IRS can change things. Now I'm a full-time real estate investor, so I don't get hit with income tax. But when I was flipping homes and I was flipping apartment buildings and I had those nine different businesses doing 15 million a year, I paid every year about a million dollars in income tax. That was just normal. I thought everybody paid $100,000 a month you know, in income taxes. But it wasn't till I kind of got smarter, hired a CFO, switched to a better accountant, and just got laser focused on commercial assets. Then I was like, do you know what I pay in taxes now? I mean, the world is not going to like to hear this, but I pay 3% maybe, 5 on a difficult year. And my earnings are way higher than they've ever been. Thank you, God. I've been so blessed. But it's exactly what you said. It's just focus and diligence to one task. You know, is a baseball player that's awesome going to be awesome at baseball, basketball, and hockey? No. That's what I was trying to do with nine companies and dabbling in real estate. It was silly. Let's just be Michael Jordan of basketball. Let's just be Andrew Salee of real estate. So that took me, you know, only 20 years to figure out. <laughs> right. And I'm still figuring things out at 50 years old. And that's the great part. Hopefully I'll have another 50, 60, 70 years figuring things out at least. What drives you now, Andy? The biggest thing that drives me right now is passion. Passion for a couple of things. Obviously, do I want my net worth and wealth to grow? Yes. But creating my own foundation with Andy's kids and feeding the homeless and giving away as much money as I have, that feels fantastic. But I didn't have Instagram two years ago. I didn't really get on Facebook two years ago. But the accountability, I get hundreds and hundreds of messages every week to help that 22-year-old or I'm mentoring hundreds of people to help that 19-year-old or that 40-year-old that has a full-time job and he thinks he's rich because he's making 300K a year. Right. I think that's the passion. Yes, obviously the wealth, the lifestyle, but I joined Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership just under a year ago, bud. And I can tell you, I joined it for one reason I thought was to make more money, to make more wealth and buy a fourth home and buy a seventh car and another AP watch or a 12th Rolex, whatever, right? Screw all of that. That doesn't matter. It's helping other people and it's bringing everybody into the game where we can all travel and go have a good time. Or my CFO and I just hung up and he had this beautiful conversation. How he's sending his daughter to an Ivy League college, all bought and paid for. Well, I'm part of that now. I mean, he's right. my responsibility. My teammates were all accountability. So my biggest passion is probably other people. And I think the more I put other people first, I don't know what, but some reason I was greedy for 15 years. I thought about myself. And I think if you get out of your own way and let God make decisions, I don't know how to say it. I'm not trying to say I'm doing anything for that reason, but amazing deals just show up. I'm buying the average deal. I'm putting 25%, no partners, no syndication, 25% down in cash. And I'm buying the average deal for 85 cents on the dollar during the pandemic. During our current recession, it's fantastic. Everybody's like, you should just take a break, slow down, wait till the world comes back to normal. 
The world's always going to go up and down and crazy and left or right. I'm not sitting back. I took four years off. Yeah. I'm never doing that again. That sounds horrible. My biggest takeaway would be is giving to others. I love it. And that's a biblical principle. God's word says it's better to give than receive. He wasn't messing around when he said that. I know. We had the, I had the dinner with Chad in Chicago and I was like, everything you taught me in strategic coach for years, I wasn't ready. Do you ever hear that? You know, the teacher shows up when the student's ready to learn, right? Those yep. years, I just was like, I want to make $2 million a year or $3 million. You know, that's all easy now, but that's not it. He taught me that, and I just didn't listen. Sometimes you got to listen to something a thousand times or just the right person, like Dean Graziosi. He challenged me, how much money can you give away? How much can you do? Tony Robbins, like, whatever you're giving away, try to double it. You know, those type of things, I wasn't really ready to listen. Now, I've always given away about 10% of my income to whatever charities I'm involved with, but I've been mentoring a kid. He's 19 years old, and he just lost 50 pounds, and now he's killing it in karate and making going to make 80 grand this year. I mean, that's exciting, dude. I think that's probably why we're here is how many lives we can twist. Uh, like I said, I have another good friend that has a job making hundreds of thousands. I'm like, you should do this where you can spend more time with your wife and be around with your kids. And that I think is cool because everybody, we're all taught, save every dollar, pay off your mortgage, work 60 hours a week and tie yourself to a desk. And it doesn't have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. And you're living proof of that. I want to dive into one or more of the challenges that you face. But before we go there, and I've got a bunch of great questions I want to ask you. You mentioned Instagram. I want to dive just a quick second longer on this. I heard you say you weren't really doing Instagram two years ago. And I see you've got 1.2 million followers today. The biggest takeaway on that is this. So I was raised and taught. If you have any money or you have any wealth, you do not tell anyone. And whatever you did to accomplish that, you definitely don't tell anyone because they're going to come after you. And my parents firmly believed if you had money, you took it from somebody or you stole it or you're wrong, you're bad, right? So I did everything quiet. I never did Facebook or Instagram. So it was just about three years ago. The biggest reason I would say my Instagram has done well or my Facebook, I think my Facebook, I have the 5,000 and I think I have like 90,000 followers on there. But here's the number one reason. Proximity is power. If you go hang out with Grant Cardone and people are videoing you, you're speaking with Grant. Grant called me out when I had three and a half million dollars in cash in the middle of 21. He's like, Andy, in front of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, why are you sitting on that much cash? You need to deploy it. And I did. And it added a whole lot more to my bottom line. But OK, so that's one. Hanging out with Tony Robbins. Proximity, right? I get some power. Right. Um, Dean Graziosi, of course, you know, Mark Evans, DM, Tim Brotts, hanging out with players, big, big players that have a massive social presence. Brian Colhane, founder of EXP Realty, great guy, great friend. But anyway, proximity is power. You do 14 masterminds in a year, you're going to know some big players. Right. And I think the other thing with that is, honestly, communicate with your people. You know how many people I get that are 17 years old or 21 or 28? How do I make it in real estate? How do I do this? All the time. Right. I answer every message myself. Personally. 100%. Every person. If they're talking to somebody on any one of my social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, it's me. Okay. I love it. I never said who else would be. They wouldn't have the right answer. <laughs> I mean, I have a 
guy that mows lawns and he just wants to make 25,000 a year. I don't care. I give him any, you know, words of wisdom I can do, I guess. I mean, that's the honest answer. It's a great answer. What would you say, Andy, has been a practical key to your success? That I would say is 100% persistence and determination. Because here's the thing. Everybody thinks it's easy. You're going to go through a lot of bumps and bruises. Right. A lot, a lot, a lot. And you just got to stay focused and be all in. And literally persistence and determination. 100%. I love it. It seems too simple, but it is. Yeah. Success isn't always complicated, is it? What is one or more of the bigger challenges you would say looking back on your life up to this point that you faced? That's a good question. The biggest challenge is who you're listening to. I tend to listen to all my friends. I remember that. And they're like, chill, relax. Don't go after the world. Don't go after this or that. You're right. I think the biggest challenge is getting out of our own way. Whoever I listen to now better have the life that I want. Like, I know a lot of people, man, dude, that make a lot more money than me. And they work 80 hours a week and they barely know their kids. Right. And character and integrity. And honestly, not to bring up this topic, but if you're unfaithful to your wife, I'm not doing business with you. If you're not a good person and you can't treat a server, an Uber driver or a bartender with ultimate respect and you can't treat the CEO and the janitor the same. So a little bit is character and integrity yourself, but also get out of your own way. There's so many limiting beliefs. The other thing I did early on that was a problem was I set the bar so low. The bar is infinite. Look how much wealth there is out there. Whatever you want, you can attain it, but get around the right people. And the masterminds helped a lot, to be honest, because you're around these people that tell you you can do everything. For years, they're like, you already did it. You're good. And you can't do that. You want to buy a $20 million grocery store? You're crazy. That's out of your league. Nothing is out of any one of our leagues. So who you listen to is so important. But I will say there's a negative. You're going to lose friends along the way, as you probably know. And why is that? Because they don't see the same vision. And what you are doing, what I found is what you are doing sometimes is they are not capable or willing to make the sacrifices to do what they're doing. Now, if I sacrifice things, I'm not married. I've never had kids. I've made some sacrifices. And I'm not saying that's right for anybody. It's just right for me. And I wanted to accumulate wealth before I accumulated those things. Having six kids, I don't, you guys are awesome. I mean, that is amazing. To do it all is phenomenal. But what we've got to be careful to is who we listen to and what they're saying. Now, if they're emphatically happy making 40 grand a year and they're an amazing husband and wife, awesome. We all have different paths on this earth and I'm put here for my path. But a lot of it too is just being careful who we listen to. I can't stress that enough. And set your dreams. Whatever your goals are, take them times, Grant Cardone says, times 10. If you want to make a million dollars next year, try to make 10. I'm just saying to just think bigger. We're always limiting ourselves. And why should we? God is abundant. He never said, I only wanted to hit X. Absolutely. We're supposed to be maximizing our gifts, talents, abilities. I mean, I just had a podcast episode on that just a few weeks ago, talking about that concept and that principle, among others. If you make $5 million a year and you're working 80 hours a week and you can't make your son's basketball game. That's a problem. But how common is that? Because they want the new Mercedes, the fourth home, the three country clubs, and the new Ferrari, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Andy, how much of a role, you said you grew up in, in trailer parks, kind of bouncing around without money and obviously selling rocks 
door to door for five bucks a piece. How much of a role did that challenge in and of itself, the lack of financial resources and the way you grew up play in your success later on, would you say? Well, I'll be honest, and this is going to sound strange probably for most, but my mother passed away in April and my real father, who I never knew, passed away a year earlier. My stepdad was a pastor when I was a kid and we were very poor. But my parents also filed bankruptcy every seven years. Every seven years, they filed bankruptcy. They didn't believe in paying bills. They learned to live on less. But that was, I thank God for my parents. I paid off my parents' house and put both of my parents on payroll before the age of 32. So I paid off their mortgage and I gave my mom a salary every month. And I still give my stepdad a salary every month. Every month he gets a wire transfer. That is a gift. Back then, I thought of it as a, you know, you're embarrassed, you're poor. We had food stamps. Now, that is the biggest gift God has ever given me. And I'm not saying poor me. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, thank God. I'm frugal when I need to be and not when I don't need to be. But I see what other people go through. And I thank God for everything my parents did. They taught me values. They taught me character and integrity and believe in God, go to church and give but I tell you, you can give a lot more. Hospitals have wings named after very wealthy people. You're not people making 20000 a year. And I take it as a gift. I think that's a gift of God because I do want so much more, but I want to help more. But I also want people to think different. I remember I was in my early 20s and I went out to a dinner and the dinner was $120. And I was so impressed. I wanted to tell my mom like that year I made like 200 grand. And uh, my mom like she wouldn't talk to me for almost three weeks because I was trying to impress a girl. And then I wanted to impress my mom. And she's like, you will be broke. You can never spend $120 on a dinner. That was their limiting mindset. We can spend $1,000 on dinner. I can afford a $90 Coke or a $9,000 Coke because I know the first off, I got to earn it, but I got to give back. But it's not about the money. It's the mentality and the mind shift. They had a different mentality and I never wanted to change them. I don't with my stepdad because that's their beliefs. But I take it now at 46 years old as just kind of a gift from God. I, it was struggles when I was a teenager because I was embarrassed. But by the time I became an adult at 18, I got emancipated at 15. So at 15, my parents gave me up. I became an illegal adult at 15, got my own apartment. My parents moved away three states, and I never saw them again until my sophomore year of college. Wow. We just had different mindsets, but I thank God that they instilled the morals of me, I guess. Right. Now, besides the embarrassment as a teenager, you just mentioned, did you have limiting beliefs in those early years, though, based on where you came from? No, no, because I could detassel, dude. And back then, if you detasseled, you start at four in the morning and you were till 6 p.m., I can make a truckload of money. I knew I could make money from early on. No, I knew 100 percent was never going to live a trailer park. I never knew I'd have the life I have now. But no. I'm going to go work for it and I'm going to make the money. I bought my first car was a Camaro Berlinetta. I bought a motorcycle when I was a senior year in high school. I just go work. And mine was sales. So like I sold vacuums and, and, you know, 1993 making four or 500 a week in income. Like the average guy is going to work, wash dishes or work at McDonald's and he make a hundred dollars a week. I had my own apartment and a motorcycle. My senior year of high school, if I didn't want to go to school, I just call him. I'm not coming. So what I'm hearing you say, I think, is your vision that you had for your life and the belief that you were going to make it happen. Life's hard. Succeed anyway. You got it, brother. You've got it. If you could go back in time and give your 
10-year-old, 15-year-old, 20-year-old, you can pick an age, one piece of advice, what would it be? Very easy. Burn the boats, go all in. Whatever your passion is, like, did I have passion for roofing, embroidery, a putt-putt place? Um, I had a driving range. I had a, a baseball. No, I do have passion. I have. I get excited when I talk about commercial real estate, brother. Go all in and not on a dozen things. Michael Jordan said he saw 500 free throws every day, even in the offseason. And he had coaches. Tiger Woods said, go all in on one thing, whatever that may be, that just gets your juices flowing. Now, I get it if you have to have a job or whatever and you do it on the side until your side hustle replaces that. But if I would go back, I'd be where I'm at in a third the time if I would have burnt the boats and went all in on whatever topic it may be. You may be a tech guy. You may be a sales guy. You may be a real estate guy. You may be a stock guy. You may be a Bitcoin Whatever it is, don't try to dabble in nine different topics. I always take it back to, I don't watch sports. I, I should lose a man card there, but you can't be Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Babe Ruth. Right. But you can be Michael Jordan. I love it. Good word. But what do you say to somebody? They don't know what their thing is. And maybe you didn't know at 20 or 25. Or I didn't know either. So you have to dabble. If you're young, 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 of course, you're going to dabble. But you also have to have the guts to go into something. And you got to, you know, the big thing is get around like-minded people. If you're hanging out with people that are going to the bars three nights a week, or they're spending twice what they earn, or they're unfaithful to their wife, their business partner, or their children, you are going to slowly evolve to those people. If you're hanging out with guys that are crushing it, every time you bring up this crazy idea, you tell people that just going to support you, you're going to get it. You tell people and they're going to tell you you're crazy, you're going to be crazy. And you're going to give up that idea. So I think the circle of friends is so, so key. And I really like masterminds. Get into every darn mastermind. You don't have to spend 20 or 30,000 a month to be in them, but get in one that's five grand a year or go to an event or get around like-minded people that have your vision, your character, and your integrity you know, in mind. Such great advice. What's a piece of advice you'd give to somebody who might be listening to this podcast today? And they're saying, man, I'm right in the midst of my challenge, struggle, adversity they're facing. What advice would you give to them? Consistency, persistence, determination. If you're working your booty off, just paying your bills, reduce your debt. Maybe the world will hate me. Maybe you sell your house. Maybe you sell your car. Maybe you downsize a couple of things. Go all in that you can spend time with your wife and your kids. It's amazing when you become the man you were supposed to be, that God created you to be, everything will fall into place. Create a side hustle, whatever that side hustle may be, it will replace your daily income. When I closed all of my incomes, I walked away from probably a million and a half dollars a year in income. That was a little scary. Thank you, God. That was the best gift in my life because I had to work for that income. Now my income is passive. I don't trade time for money. These podcasts, everybody asks me, well, how much money do you make on social media? Zero. I have no intention of ever making money on social media. Right now, I want to build an empire. And now at $145 million in assets, I am considering raising capital and bringing on partners and going bigger, faster, just because it's more fun and exciting. And I have a system so dialed in, it's on point right now. I love it. You got any favorite success quote you might be willing to share? Success is my duty and my obligation. It's Grant Cardone. I love that. And it's just success is my duty and my obligation. 
I can go along with that. Again, it's maximizing your talents, gifts, abilities. And I like to add to the list opportunities that God's put before us. What are we going to do? Right. And how many opportunities did God show me in 15 years, brother, that I wasn't available to listen to? You know, when you're younger and you start making 100,000 a month and 200, whatever, and you're like, oh, you want to do a bar? Sure. You want to do a silliness, you know, ego. I don't really have much of an ego anymore. I did. You go through enough bumps and bruises in life. You learn to let that go. Right. Absolutely. I've been through my share. A minute ago, you shared something that's been key instrumental in your success. I think it was consistency. In fact, what would you say is one habit? Maybe it's a daily habit, but one habit that's helped you become successful. Um, I think that one is just your morning routine. And this sounds so superficial, I think, but my morning routine is I get up every day at 5 a.m. No alarm clock. I don't need one. I don't have wife and, you know, five kids, six kids. So it's different, but I get up and that first hour is focus, whether I'm studying, like you guys can all say social media is bad. I don't spend hours a day on social media, but one hour in the morning I do, but your algorithms will tell you what you're looking at. I'm not looking at silliness. I'm looking at real estate guys. I'm following Brad Lee, Pace Morby. I study Dean Graziosi like crazy. Anything that man says, I listen, watch, do. Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Ed Milet. For me, I read a book a week, no matter what, sometimes two. I do five to seven hours minimum a week. That's a minimum of self-education, podcasts, journals, social media, whatever it may be. If you can't invest a couple of hours a day into yourself and into your brain, it's amazing how I can articulate, talk faster, think quicker, and move smoother when you read two books a week. And then not to be cliche, those four years I laid on a beach, I was chubby. I'm in the best shape of my life. And that is key too, not to be weird, but I think fitness is important. I think an hour at the gym every day, and most people maybe won't commit an hour, or they don't have the time, or they have a dozen children. I get that. But I think fitness is, needs to be a part of it as well. But the self-education is key every day, every morning. Get up early, beat the sun, do self-education. You start the day, get the heart out of the way. Do I love reading? I hate reading. I hate it. But I do it because the result. Do I love lifting weights? No, I hate it. But I love the result. I love it. <laughs> Whatever challenges I get the rest of that day, I can conquer them because I got the worst stuff out of the way. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't love my five miles I ran this morning, but I love how I felt afterwards. <laughs> and it. I'm like you, I do not like to read, but I read. It doesn't stop me from doing it because of the benefit. I know people think we love it. I don't love reading two books a week. No, <laughs> no. I love the benefit of reading two books a week, right? What would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever received as we start to wind this down here? Honestly, I would say Dean Graziosi, because what he always is pushing in my head and I know it sounds cliche too, is the first thing he always says, Dean has been a dear friend and a coach and a mentor. And he's like family for 13 years is give. That's his number one thing is give. The more you give to others and help others and encourage others, if I can totally focus on that, everything I need will happen. And that's been a long process because the first 20 years, I just wanted to make money, make money, buy Ferraris, buy whatever stupid shit. So that doesn't change till just the last three years. But when you, you get coaches like that, and but his biggest thing was give, give, 
I love it. That's a good word. I can't think of much better advice than that. Is there a particular book? You've read a bunch, obviously. Is there a particular book you might recommend for the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience? Well, first of all, Dean Graziosi's Millionaire Success Habits is fantastic. Love that. I've read it a dozen times. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Classic. Game changer. Ed Milet's Power of One More. Power of One More by Ed Milet. Fantastic book. Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting the Devil has been fantastic. I think those are probably the best. My best favorite authors are Dean Graziosi and then Tony Robbins and Ed Milet, Grant Cardone. Those are the kind of the best ones. Tony Robbins, I was in an event, Date with Destiny in Palm Beach, and he said a bold statement. Think about this. He says to a guy, guy comes to Date with Destiny. He's like, I want to be wealthy like you, Tony. He goes, let's talk about it. It was like an intervention. And he goes this. He goes, well, Tony Robbins says this. Tony Robbins is on the verge of becoming a billionaire. Have you read Think and Grow Rich? And the guy, you go, yes, I did. I should be rich. I read it nine years ago. Tony Robbins in front of hundreds of thousands of people said, really? I read it five times last year and I am rich. That resonated with me. A guy that wealthy, that much of a giver, he's like, dude, you want to be rich? You read that book nine years ago. I read it five times in the last year. You're Tony Robbins. You got it figured out. And he's like, do what I do. You will become me. Could he not have been more on point? That resonated. You know, when I owe people like, when I get rich, I'm like, read this book. He's like, no, I read that. Do you read it every week? Because maybe you should. Reading the Bible, my pastor challenged me to read the Bible in 12 months. I read the entire Bible. I don't mean to go back to reading so much, but I think that's key. Well, yeah, you do a bit of reading. So let's talk about it. Great suggestions, by the way. What would you say is your definition of success? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, yeah. It's not the cars. It's not the houses. It's nothing. My definition 100% is freedom. I want to be able to come and go as I please. I want to be able to be anywhere on the earth. And if I did have wife and children, like Dean, is, he makes his kids still packs their lunch every day. He drives them to school. He's the baseball coach. He has four kids. He wants six. I think it's freedom. If a guy makes $10 million a year, but he's chained to a desk, that doesn't excite me. doesn't impress me. A guy that makes two and he's an amazing father, an amazing son, an amazing brother. I just bought my brother. I got my brother to lose 50 pounds. I just spent tens of tens of thousands getting him plastic surgery to get the skin. Making him happy, making him healthy after his heart attack, that's wealth. To me, wealth is freedom to be where you want, do what you want, and help others in their time of need, and then encourage others to get where they can be. Love it. What would you say is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and follow along on your continued success journey, Andy? I would say just probably Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And it's just Andrew J. Salee, S-A-L-L-E-E. I'm easy to find. I love it. Good deal. Yeah, we'll have those links down in the show notes below this episode as well. And I'll give you the last word. Any closing comment you want to share with our listeners? Now, I think the biggest is just give and limiting beliefs, and think bigger. Whatever you were thinking, think bigger. That's a great thought to go out on. Thank you so much, Andy, for your time. This has been awesome. Really appreciate you. Thank you. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contacts page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. 
Thanks in advance and make it a great day.